I V M. Hello and welcome to the Habit Coach Podcast. I am Ashtin Doctor, your Habit Coach. And today we have a fantastic special. We are approaching our 50th episode and we've been getting lots of requests of doing slightly longer format episodes. So we're going to start interviewing some fascinating guests. And today with me in the studio, I have Priyanka Patel, a psychologist and storyteller. She does these interesting workshops for corporates called Emotional Intelligence Through Storytelling. So Priyanka, welcome to the studio. Hi, Ashton. So Priyanka, what is Emotional Intelligence? Emotional intelligence is a concept that was made famous by Daniel Goleman. Hmm. Basically, what it refers to is the ability to identify your emotions and to have the skills to be able to manage it and express it effectively. Of course, it includes the whole range of how we interact with others. Now, obviously, emotional intelligence is not limited to you as an individual in your isolated space, but begins with the self, goes on to how you interact with others, mm-hmm. how you interact and make sense of your environment, mm-hmm. how are you able to cope with your successes and failures, and basically how you get through life in a more sort of settled and adjusted way. But shouldn't emotions be something that's completely natural to us? Shouldn't we know how to deal with emotions? Why Why is it something that we have to learn? Emotions are extremely natural. Uh, they are universal, so to speak of. But what happens with emotions is they don't exist in isolation. They're all... Our responses to emotions is all based on our conditioning. How we've grown up, what kind of beliefs we've had, what kind of things we've internalized as right and wrong. And that then affects the entire gamut. Like, for example, um, coffee could be really interesting and inspiring for you, whereas a tea drinker would hate coffee. So the coffee is a stimulus by itself. But your emotional response to it depends on what your thoughts, ideologies and your beliefs are. So coffee was a very small example, but you get the point. Mm-hmm. And you can actually train yourself in understanding what you're feeling. Is it about how you're feeling or how do you manipulate the feelings? What is it that... No, it is just about becoming aware of how okay. you're feeling. Hmm. It is also about becoming aware of what is causing those feelings. Hmm. And once you get to the root of the problem in terms of what is causing it, then you can do something about it. Whether you want to stay with it, whether you want to shift it, whether you want to be in a space of mind which makes you feel more exuberant, makes you more productive, or you can probably choose to sulk mm-hmm. for the rest of the day because you've had a bad morning. <laughs> right. So that's where emotional intelligence comes in. It's it's just about intelligently understanding your own self mm-hmm. and finding effective ways of functioning so it's not about one standard behavior that now you're evolved Mm -hmm. you're going to be perfect all throughout Mm -hmm. but it's about finding these spaces Mm -hmm. where you say right now Mm -hmm. this is what I need to do to be effective how can I get into that frame of mind to be effective so using these emotions and using and understanding the triggers to be more productive happier etc in life fantastic so today's discussion is about anxiety We had done a podcast on anxiety in the past, but I thought since you're a psychologist, it would be so much more interesting to learn about anxiety from you. So when we say anxiety, what exactly is anxiety? Anxiety is very, very interesting. Hmm. Um, Anxiety falls under neurotic behaviors or neuroticism. And this reminds me of what my psychology professor used to tell us so you know when you're studying psychology you start believing that every disease in the book or every disorder in the book is something that you have embodied and uh, interestingly he would do something that wouldn't 
alleviate this problem at all what what he would tell us is normalcy is on a continuum mm-hmm. okay abnormalcy and normalcy is on a continuum you're somewhere in the center neuroticism is on one side and psychoticism is on the other end of the spectrum okay okay so what is psychotic behaviors what what are those two big words <laughs> <laughs> psychotic behaviors include delusions and hallucinations okay. and neurotic behaviors include repetitive behaviors and uh, sort of anxiety prone behaviors like your compulsive behaviors would fall into that fall under anxiety okay. yeah hmm. your ocd falls under anxiety mm-hmm. and neurotic behaviors right so he would keep telling us that you're on in the center somewhere mm-hmm. and anything in life can cause a trigger and push you to the either side okay right but i think this was also a way of becoming more sensitive right to everyone around us hmm. because he, you know when you hear these facebook pop ups and instagram quotes saying hmm. everyone is going through their own story and their own struggle well it is true and this probably just makes you more sensitive to the fact that you yourself are going through your own story and your own struggles and you're also just trying to weave yourself around you know this 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 world where you you have so many triggers and you have so many things that can put you in a space where you start f- feeling scared about something mm-hmm. where you start feeling anxious about something mm-hmm. i'm sure you know the number of people who are rushing in the morning to catch the train mm-hmm. because they have to get to work on time and they're not peacefully walking through it they're anxious they don't want to miss a minute they because if they miss a minute then they lose their salary so on and so forth and we've created this whole drama around it which keeps us in this hyper mode all the time mm-hmm. you know that's why you want to cut off and go on a vacation you want to take a break what is it that you're taking a break from when your nerves are constantly agitated mm-hmm. they're constantly fearful of whether there is a threat around that state of constant agitation is what anxiety is all about so the feeling of there is constantly going to be a threat around me is the state of anxiety true and isn't that now normal for all of us well it is normal but what you would notice is um it's we've normalized an abnormal behavior hmm. you know ideally we should have peaceful and calmness as being a normal way of functioning hmm. but we've normalized this behavior obviously it comes from the whole ancient theories which suggest that when we were cavemen when we were tribes people if you weren't scared of the impending fear and doom hmm. then you would be eaten up and you'd you'd probably die correct and the fact that we've survived shows that we were fearful in the right amount to cause those to take the right decisions to survive or the right amount of risk <laughs> right sure right like if you if you were too scared you wouldn't venture out of your cave <laughs> to find your food and if you weren't scared at all you'd go out and get eaten that's right? true and these days even though we have so much food people choose to fast <laughs> okay what priyanka is referring to is that i'm currently on a 120 hour fast so i'm at hour 67 ta da okay so continuing um when we talk about anxiety what are the things that you typically see happening with people and uh, people that have come to your workshop or people that you worked with in the past um when you speak of anxiety I, i'm sure all of us have experienced it in some different level mm-hmm. uh you have people even kids describing i feel butterflies in my stomach okay my heart beat is increasing um sweaty palms and feet um you know stammering and stuttering all these behaviors manifest in different intensity in different people based on based on how you're built mm. right now there are different situations which can cause this 
whether you're watching a horror movie and then you start hearing sounds and you start feeling that someone's in the house from there to real like seeing a lizard hmm. you know there's a study that says that the fear of snakes is so universal that even kids who've never seen a snake in their life suddenly when they're shown when they're six or seven years old they react with the equal intensity of anxiety hmm. now that goes to show that as a community hmm. as a collective unconscious hmm. we've inherited a lot of fears because we've sort of come up as a collective unit of humans accordingly hmm. right and we've internalized all these fears like the fear of fire and so on and so forth hmm. So Priyanka, are we then wired to be scared? Is, is that our natural state? What is it? Wired to be scared is a state that helped us survive for so long. You know, we needed to keep systems in place. We needed to keep structures in place, which would help us survive. If you were um, completely fearless, then yes, you would take risks and venture out, but there was no guarantee that you'd come back. Right, which is why if you look at a movie like Moana, uh, she's constantly told stories about if she ventures into the sea, she'll get drowned, and there's an unknown world beyond the seas. Now, this unknown world is true of real, actual world, and also what's in our head. Mm. So most of the times, our fears are of things that we don't know about. Mm. Right, like we don't know if the relationship is going to last. Mm-hmm. We don't know if the partner is going to have an affair. Mm. We don't know if the job is going to lead to success according to what we think it is. You don't know if you're going to be laid off. Hmm. You don't know if what you eat is going to nourish you or kill you. Now, all these things, when you don't know, they cause such anxieties. Do you want to hear a story? Hmm. Tell me. Okay. So, this is a very ancient tale uh, that was there in the Panchatantra. Okay. Okay. Now, once there was a rabbit. There was a little rabbit. He was sleeping under a tree. Hmm. And suddenly, he heard a loud thud. Hmm. He woke up from his sleep. He was really shaken up with whatever happened. Suddenly he realized that that loud thud came from up above. Maybe the sky is falling. Oh my God, the sky is falling. If the sky falls and none of us are going to survive and the whole planet is going to be destroyed. And oh my God, I need to go around and warn everyone. I need to go around and tell everyone what, what doom is impending upon us. So he starts running around and he starts, every animal that he meets along the way, he starts telling them, listen, we need to run, the sky is falling, the sky is falling, we need to run and save ourselves, the sky is falling, the sky is falling. All the animals join him because obviously, oh my God, the sky is falling and everyone wants to save themselves, right? So they all run and they run till all of them reach the lion. Now the lion is the king of the jungle and they say, sir, sir, the sky is falling, we need to run. The lion says the sky is falling. He looks up and he sees that there's nothing wrong. So he says, wait, what happened? So the rabbit explains that he was sleeping, heard a loud thud, and he knows that the sky is falling. So the lion says, you know what, let's go there and examine what happened. So the whole Jingbang gang goes to the spot where the rabbit was sleeping. And suddenly the lion notices that there's a leaf that has fallen over there. And he tells the rabbit that, you know, probably this leaf fell and you felt that the sky was falling. Obviously, they realize the complete futility of the entire exercise that happened, the complete fear and that everyone experienced. Anxiety is a little bit like that. Mm. We hear a leaf falling and we assume that the sky is falling and the world is coming to an end. Right? That's how our mind works. Classic textbook example that we've always been reading is, you know, when you're in the dark, you see a stick on the floor and mm. you assume that to be a snake. Right. That's exactly how... The mind messes up things or distorts facts. The story was perfect to just show how such a small trigger can lead to such a big reaction inside us. 
True. And true. What are the things that we can start doing whenever s- such a reaction takes place? Because like there will be so many triggers that we face around us. So, are there tools? Are there things that that you suggest people do? So, before we get onto the tools, let's understand how anxiety works. Mm-hmm. Right? You have a trigger. Mm-hmm. The trigger results in a thought in your head. Right. So there's a thought. Mm-hmm. Now this thought that the rabbit had that the sky is falling mm-hmm. probably. was built out of some other ideologies right that if the sky falls and the whole world will come to an end so on and so forth similarly we've created ideologies for ourselves we've created certain beliefs for ourselves this is right this is wrong if this happens then it's complete devastation if i do not have a secure job by the time i'm 30 then i call myself a failure hmm. right hmm. so the anxiety to settle down by the age of 30 is so strong that anything that does not fall in tandem with having a secure job will result into anxiety right so thought that's coming out of a core belief hmm. results also simultaneously in a lot of physical manifestation hmm. what is physical manifestation hmm. as simple as butterflies in the stomach to the heartbeat racing to sweaty palms to going on and experiencing complete full blown panic attack hmm. Hmm. shortness of breath you do not know how to function in that situation manifest in the body that sort of increases the anxiety because oh my god now i can't breathe oh my god now i can't make sense of things around me so the anxiety increases and you keep on running into that loop mm-hmm. where you constantly start feeling anxious about it right. so where do you break the loop so it's one small trigger that created this thought this physical manifestation hmm. and now you're freaking out about the physical manifestation saying that why is my heart beating why is my and then creates another thought saying is something happening to me true and then that's just like spirals out of control true now this can be broken at a lot of levels hmm. right depending on what you're comfortable with hmm. one is to break it immediately at a physical level okay right One of the simplest things which requires no other tools, nothing is breathing. Hmm. I remember listening to your podcast where you're talking about different techniques of breathing. Correct. It's a great way to implement that. Uh, some people prefer structured breathing mm-hmm. exercises. Some people prefer just stopping and taking deep breaths. Mm-hmm. But breath works brilliantly. Okay. Because suddenly you've got a tool where you can just carry it around all the time with you. You are carrying it around all the time. Right. Absolutely. Right. So. great idea to just stop and breathe and in fact i keep telling people that your breath is the only physiological thing that you can change you True. can't by thinking slow down your heart beat heart rate but that takes a little more training but through breathing yes you can definitely slow down the pace with which you're breathing you can increase your breathing um the cadence True. So there's a ton of stuff, and in fact, we just uh, recorded a podcast where I guide you through a breathing exercise. So take a look at it. It's called the box breath. Oh, fabulous! Hmm. Yeah, that's that's really going to be helpful. So breath is one. Second, make sure that you don't do any physical activity which sort of encourages this behavior, mm-hmm. right? So don't start running when you're anxious. Okay. You're just going to increase your heart beat, right. and you're not going to know what to do. So. um like we discussed neurotic behaviors mm-hmm. result in a higher agitated body physical response mm-hmm. so do things to calm down okay so you don't do what the, the state you're feeling in all right mm. right mm. so breathing mm. um try listening to music mm. calming music 
not agitated don't don't listen to like angry music I, I don't want to label it but yeah don't listen to angry music angry music no i remember uh, talking to people a while back and they were like you know every time we are sad we listen to really sad music and i'm like shouldn't that be the other way around should you want to listen to like happy music when you're sad you know for some people huh. it works as catharsis okay so they want to listen to sad music but for some people it just becomes a again you fall under that loop hmm you know the loop that we just discussed where mm. you want to continue feeling in that you don't know how to break the cycle you don't know how to break out of it so if you want do people want to break out of the cycle do people want to not feel sad do you define people who enjoy the sadness unfortunately mm. every self debilitating behavior that we have at a very basic level that gives us comfort that satisfy something in us which makes us want to continue that behavior and one of the most important thing that it continues is a lack of responsibility okay right so if i have to break out of my cycle i have to be responsible i have to say i want to do something about it yeah and we don't want to take responsibility it. at all yeah like anyone who goes in for therapy hmm. it's not a magic wand hmm. it's a person reflecting hmm. your journey and your behaviors mm-hmm. and your behaviors based on what you feel is inadequate hmm. or inappropriate unless you want to do something about it no one can help you change it correct right so the first thing to break out of any cycle is taking responsibility and I who wants to take responsibility who wants to take responsibility <laughs> but i think this is a fantastic point we have to take responsibility about how we feel and what we are doing sure. right and on that note let's take a quick break So welcome back. We're with Priyanka Patel and we're talking about anxiety. She's a psychologist and storyteller. We're having a fascinating discussion. So Priyanka, I remember you once telling me about this entire dynamic between anxiety and control. Can you expand a little bit more on that? So we've been talking repeatedly about how anxiety is a response that's rooted in fear. Um what's the fear about? You know, very at a very subtle level we want to control things we want to control ourselves we want to control others around us so we want to be able to predict how who's going to react and similarly we want to control the world around us but we all know theoretically we all know philosophically that the idea of control itself is flawed in its basic existence you know that you can't really control anyone you can't control what the outcome might be you even have the bhagavad gita quoting you that you know just do your work focus on your work do not bother about the results it's sort of subtly telling us to not worry not control the things that may happen in the future however um if we did believe this we would not be giving so much money to astrologers and tarot cards and all the predictors of the future there's a deep rooted fear of not knowing what's going to happen and that causes us to create behaviors and structures so that we know there is a semblance of control in our life now don't get me wrong um i'm not encouraging a a complete a vagabond behavior that you know you let everything happen the way it happens um there is some virtue in control there is some virtue in those planners who achieve their tasks who um sort of create a structure put their ticks onto the to do list and achieve the tasks that that's how you get things done but when it get, gets on to a point where you are unable to adapt unable to be flexible unable to let things happen in its natural course that's when you cause anxiety for yourself and 
somehow the futility of it all is just glaring in our faces, but we never seem to take it so seriously. Um, just to give you an example, what has the phones done to us today? Hmm. You know, the phones have increased accessibility. But I remember watching an episode of Friends, which is what, 20 years ago? Mm-hmm. And um, this episode where Ross is going to China and he comes and tells everyone, he gives a printout saying, this is my address. You're not going to be able to call me for the next eight days. Oh. What a world that was. You're not going to be able to contact me for the next eight days. Now, obviously, you know, it leads to all sorts of things. And Rachel suddenly realizes that she's in love with Ross and suddenly that Ross has come with another girl. But that's life, right? And now we have our phones and we are constantly in touch with each other. And now we want to know what was the last scene on WhatsApp. That's the level of control we want. But if you told me you're going off to sleep, are you really going off to sleep? And if you're not going off to sleep, oh my God, whom were you talking to? What were you doing? That's how we are constantly in a state of anxiety. That last scene on WhatsApp creates a ton of anxiety <laughs> for many people, right? It's crazy. So that's that somehow in the need of controlling things, we've also increased our sense of anxiety. Um, more control, more anxiety? Is, is that a dynamic or... More control without the ability to be flexible, more anxiety. More control, more anxiety. More control leads to an inability to be adaptable and sort okay. of um, adjusting to what's so going to happen. it has to be plan A. It can't be plan B sometimes or plan C sometimes. You know, honestly, we've lived long enough to know that there is no plan B, C, D, E. Mm. Plans will happen the way they have to happen and things will happen the way they have to happen. Mm. We need to respond to it every moment. But we still live under the illusion that I can plan my life. Mm. You know, we, we still, we've got a structure for our podcast. Uh, but we don't know what we're asking each other and we don't know how it's going to shape. But that's beautiful. Mm. Uh, which is why we like uh, surprise parties because mm. we don't know what's going to happen. And suddenly, it sort of, it's such a pleasant thing that mm. all your friends are gathered in a room to wish you. Mm. Uh, that's why we like twists in the tale if you knew the end of every story then it's it's not going to be fun anymore right mm-hmm. um, we understand all this artistically but to live our lives like that waiting for that surprise twist and turn in our lives oh, is scary. scary as hell that is scary right <laughs> right yeah. so this whole scary there's so much that we've discussed about what anxiety is and how we feel anxiety what can we do about it what are the things that we should start thinking about you know this whole thing about Positive psychology hmm. is a very interesting stream. It's a very in- interesting field. Um, it's not about replacing negative thoughts with positivity. Hmm. but It's, it's about, not brainwashing. It's not brainwashing. It's hmm. not being in an illusion that, oh my God, the world is so rosy. Hmm. Hmm. No, the world is the way it is. It's hmm. about seeing it the way it is. Hmm. Within seeing things the way they are, there are things which are really positive. There are things which really stand out. It's about recognizing and acknowledging that and they are beautiful in spite of us having done or not done anything about it mm. you know um, the sunset is beautiful irrespective of our doing anything about it it's just about identifying and recognizing the sunsets in your life I think there's a big idea here or a big thought which is about acceptance mm. right True. and whenever you're anxious you're not accepting what's happening to you True. You're not accepting what the world is throwing at you. You're not accepting anything. It's just like, why is this not happening my way? And you're grappling with trying to just make ends meet to 
you know the extreme will result in um, ocd behaviors which will make you do repetitive actions so that you feel that everything is under your control priyanka talk for 2 minutes about ocd because i keep <laughs> hearing people saying oh you know i'm ocd i have to keep my house clean now right. keeping your house clean is not ocd behavior and i think we should stop labeling it as such Correct. what is ocd behavior because people should know that they are not ocd if they are not ocd So I think our pop culture has made it really cool to be OCD. Monica, no, from Friends. Monica <laughs> from Friends, Correct, and, and not just Monica. You have Monk. You have um, all these high-functioning individuals who are because they were OCD, they were able to solve things, they were able to do a lot of things, and then um, unfortunately, we've made it cool to have disorders. Hmm. Well, it's not cool or uncool. It is what it is. Correct. Right? It's only about effective behaviors and ineffective behaviors. If it works for you, do it. Mm-hmm. You know, if it makes you happy, if it, but if it doesn't, if it's not helping you be the most productive and the most happy at all times, then it's questionable, right? But what is OCD versus cleanliness? Okay, um, OCD is a severe case of believing that unless you indulge in certain repetitive actions, you will die. Okay. Oh, so it's almost or, it translates to fear of death to no, a certain extent. Either you will die or people around you will die. Okay. Right? It manifests in certain ritualistic behaviors. Ritualistic behaviors, all right. Why do you wash your hands a hundred times? Hmm. Because that means that you won't get affected by germs, and hence you will not fall sick, and hence you will not die. Hmm. Could be one of the beliefs. Hmm. Um, to give you an analogy, hmm. we all have certain smaller rituals that we do. Hmm. Right, hmm. certain routine things like some people like to pray before they step out of the house. Um, some people make sure that the keys are kept in a certain place. Um, lots of things like that. Mm-hmm. Where again, we are trying to secure our world. We're trying to make sure that everything is okay. Similarly, when that goes oh, on, is that balance of control again? It it is right. It is. So, guys, you're seeing these themes emerging through the podcast. There's control. There's acceptance. These are important things to keep in mind. And responsibility. And responsibility. And the only way out of it is responsibility. Once you take responsibility that I'm going to do something about it, you can either use the technique of breath, hmm. or you can start using positive psychology where you start appreciating the things around you that are positive. Hmm. One great way to do it is gratitude. Hmm. Hmm. You know, it might seem a little forced in the beginning. Okay. But it's better to have a gratitude ritual which makes you feel happier rather than having a ritual which increases your anxiety. You choose what works for you. Correct. So gratitude is a great way of identifying, mm. acknowledging, and just saying thank you for what you have, mm. rather than feeling a lack and inadequacy for things that are not going your way. Mm. Right? Um, yeah, these two things are top on the list. But if if you feel that anxiety is debilitating your daily functioning to an extent that you don't know what to do about it, please go in for therapy. Mm. Right. Um, It's sometimes just nice to talk to someone who will listen to you, be non-judgmental, who will not think you're a freak, correct, and who will help you identify what fear is causing that ritualistic behavior. Absolutely. Now, all these OCD and all these ritualistic behaviors are only symptoms, mm. right? What's the root cause? Where is the fear coming from? And where's the trigger? Where's the thought? Yeah, and the thought is based on a core belief. Yep. Triggers could be multiple, but the core belief. So identifying core belief. A great therapeutic way of going about it is going in for rational emotive behavior therapy. Okay. Right. It was propounded by Albert Ellis. Mm. It's called REBT. We have some fantastic therapists even in Bombay. You know, great. 
people who've been trained and who've been doing this for a really long time. Mm. It's a different approach. Mm. But it really helps you identify and deal with these behaviors which are causing so much discomfort every day in your life. Right. Like if your pants are too tight, you are bound to change them, right? Correct. You're not going to live in your tight pants for the rest of your mm. life. Anxiety is constricting you mm. constantly. Mm. So it's about... Is that feeling of freedom after that? Like of letting go? Well, it's not after that. It's it's while you're doing it. Right. You know, and that letting go feeling is not easy. Mm-hmm. But it's... I don't know if there's any other way. You know, in fact, I want to take this opportunity to talk about this. Because Priyanka is a psychologist. And going to a psychologist or a therapist and talking to them has been one of the most profoundly life-changing things for me. And there is no shame in it. The of problem, course not. Uh, the problem is that there is so much, you know, if I go to a therapist, people will think I'm mad. People mm. will think I'm this. People will think I'm that. There is absolutely no shame in talking to a therapist. Right? If you have a cold, you go to a doctor. Exactly. What's, it's the same principle. Exactly. And quite honestly, we have no clue what's going on in our head or where the thoughts that we believe so strongly Mm. come from Mm. a therapist is trained to understand these thoughts or the root cause of these thoughts and it's very important for us to understand these and it's not just about when you're at your worst you go to a therapist you go to a therapist when you're at the peak of your career or the peak of everything as well so it doesn't get to your head it doesn't trigger off behaviors that can be self-sabotaging in the future that's a great word you've used self-sabotaging and interestingly psychology has three elements to Mm -hmm. it One is preventive. Hmm. That's a role that we don't give enough credit to. That you begin with creating spaces within the society which sort of reduce the risk of these um, illnesses or disorders as much as possible. But So yeah, psychology helps in preventive measures. Then it helps in remediation. Hmm. So when you have a problem, you go to a psychologist and you get it. You try and find answers to it. And the third role is enhancement. Everything's working great. Mm. You're at a great space. You can still go in for coaching. You can still go in for understanding how you can be the bestest version of yourself. Correct. Right? And we need to look at psychology as a holistic way of understanding ourselves. In fact, this podcast came out of this thought saying that why are we just focusing on the bad aspects? How do we kick ass in life? Right? How do wow. we how do we enhance life? And, sure. and the whole Habit Coach podcast is about enhancing our lives. And understanding and taking a step away from anxiety is so important. A very important thing to understand is that anxiety will happen to you. It is a natural thing. Right? There will be some trigger that will trigger something in your life. It's not something that you can move away from. Sure. And you should not move away from it. Right? You should learn how to feel anxious, feel it, accept it. Uh, you know, there's a very interesting term for this. Hmm. Just embrace your feelings. Embrace your feelings. And one of the most important things with emotional intelligence is to learn to embrace your feelings. Uh, we've started labeling everything as good or bad. Yes. And you're supposed to identify with good. Everything bad needs to be hidden and pushed under the carpet. But it's still there, right? And Carl Jung, one of my favorite psychologists, analytical psychology, he talks very interestingly about how We have a persona. We have different ways that we accept, identify and show to the world. But there are also hidden aspects, which he calls the shadow self. Mm. And this shadow self is where all our emotions like jealousy, anger, um, fear, all these fall under that space. 
because we don't acknowledge that in ourselves we project it on to others not accepting a big aspect of who we are not accepting or not understanding it what what is it not accepting not accepting we might understand but not accepting mm-hmm. and it's very interesting how jung never projected himself as being this ideal saintly person mm-hmm. you know he he was someone who had it is said that people felt extremely comfortable in his company mm-hmm. they felt comfortable being who they were mm-hmm. and that level of being who you are that comfort level that comes in is probably what all of us aspire to live in our daily lives Correct. now that level of comfort only came from the from him because there was complete acceptance of this what i'm good at these are probably things i'm grappling with and that's okay hmm. you know these are also a part of me and that's okay yeah i keep talking about how people are taking their lives too seriously right now true right it's just like you have to have fun in what you're doing And, yeah. and if you're constantly trying to hold yourself to a um, a higher ideal, it's hmm. one way of putting it. Hmm. You're never going to match up to it. You're always going to fall short, and you're taking your life too seriously. You need to like let loose sometimes and just have fun. Yeah, completely. And yeah, humor is a great way of dealing with anxiety. The minute you start, you know, we we consider our uh, rituals and our lot of our. behaviors as sacrosanct. Hmm. So even people who will tell you that they love cleaning think that it's a sacrosanct ritual you cannot mock it. Hmm. But that's that's why you know the idea is to make fun of it. Should make fun of the things that you're anxious about. Make fun of things that you're anxious about, make fun of things that you feel are restricting you in some way. Right. Because we've given it so much importance that it started controlling our lives. Hmm. Hmm. You know just the minute we start making light of it, you might continue doing it. But yeah. the minute you make light of it, it stops having that much control over you. Yeah. You know, and then probably you'll come to a point where it's easier to let go. Yeah, and brings us back to mm. how do you deal with anxiety? Learning to let go. How do you learn to let go? Mm. Start trusting. Because we don't trust the outcome. Because we don't trust the universe. We don't trust whether we'll be able to deal in that situation. We want to control it more and more and more. Mm. And we don't realize, but all of us do it in such. subtle ways the evolved lot who like you and me who are able to talk about these things we want to do it in subtle ways hmm. you know we are constantly fooling ourselves in terms of we are evolved yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah the idea is to just make fun of it and to know that well you know things will be fine correct okay when do you start feeling most anxious hmm. you know we're talking of letting go and control when you're not in the present you start feeling more anxious hmm. you're either worried about what happened to someone or to you in the past or you're worried about how you're going to deal with the future and uh, there's a very interesting greek mythological story about it about daedalus and icarus and uh, daedalus tells his son icarus that he's going to give him wings and they're both going to be able to fly because they have wings but these wings are made out of wax okay okay so icarus needs to make sure that he doesn't fly too high because then he'll be too close to the sun and his wings will melt and he shouldn't fly too low because then he'll be too close to the ocean his wings will get caught up in the waves and that will result in him drowning now icarus obviously listens to this and we've all heard about how we need to sort of pay attention to the rules but once icarus has these wings mm. then he's out of control right he starts flying starts flying and the minute he realizes he's able to fly higher he starts flying even higher 
as predicted wings melt and he drowns falls into the sea and he drowns Daedalus ends up reaching the other side and realizing what his son has just done somewhere in spite of knowing all of this this is exactly how we are we either want to stay stuck in the past or we want to try and control the future we need to find the balance and that balance will not happen um by a magic wand or by um controlling more things it's just about having that moment to moment awareness and to realize that every minute you need to respond to that moment and the things will be fine yeah understand when you're flying to high understand when you're flying to low true try and figure out what the almost your buddhist middle path is right <laughs> right so but it's it's about understanding where you are too much anxiety too little anxiety have a little bit in the middle right sure sure or no anxiety rather on on, on the scale no anxiety too much anxiety have a little bit yeah probably no anxiety <laughs> i mean imagine if you could live in a space where you didn't have fear at all hmm. so priyanka let's start concluding with what are the key thoughts and takeaways from our discussion today so if i had to point them down the first one would be identify your core beliefs true right so what is the stimulus what are the thoughts and what is that core belief that is creating this anxiety true the next part is to take responsibility of that core belief or whatever has happening in your life at that point of time not right. shirking not running away from right. it right right and the sense of control that you have to a certain extent letting go of that because true. the control again is going to start building up anxiety true and finally trusting true trusting the process trusting yourself in the true. scheme of things right so if you thought about anxiety in these four steps it doesn't seem like such a big giant trying to eat you up right absolutely absolutely it's it's created in your head hmm. you've manifested it in terms of physical activities that you've created for yourself hmm. you can change those behaviors yeah and as soon as you start feeling this anxiety coming on you 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 left these important thoughts in my mind saying that the first thing is to break this cycle true right this true. whole cycle of oh my god this is how i'm feeling now what's happening to my body true. and oh my god something else is going to start happening break the cycle true using two key things one is breath so start controlling your breath how you're breathing and the second is using humor Can using make, humor right can True. you make light of the situation instead of making True. it this huge big thing monster after you absolutely right? absolutely break it down make it humorous towards the end what we start talking about is let's start challenging this core belief hmm right so there was this core belief that created all this let's start challenging it and saying True. that is this really going to happen is this really going to take place and more than if it's really going to happen what if it happens hmm. you know right. consider different scenarios in your life correct what if it happens and then you realize that well life still goes on it's not that bad you are able to deal with things yep. yep you know like i keep telling my clients what is the worst thing that can happen think about that like True. the worst thing and if you can True. make peace with that then everything then is hunky dory after that right? True. and even after you think about the worst so thing so basically lower your standards and there's only way up from there <laughs> just like go all the way down and everything is rosy after yeah. that huh? and and in fact it, it leads to the next point beautifully which is gratitude True. because when you start saying that what's the worst possible outcome but then you say but you know i have so much other stuff that's happening in my life that's so fantastic True. which we often forget True. or often don't even think about True. right so gratitude becomes a very very important aspect in and this whole thing gratitude immediately makes you shift from a feeling of inadequacy to a feeling of abundance mm. 
and when you are in a space of abundance what can you be scared about yeah you have everything there's so sure. much around you sure. fantastic thank you so much priyanka for this thank Lovely you so podcast. much this is really really fun super